Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. I'm reading this morning just because of the language from the easy-to-read version, but this is a popular verse, Proverbs 3, 5. This rendering reads this way, Trust the Lord completely, and don't depend on your own knowledge. With every step you take, think about what He wants, and He will help you go the right way. Don't trust in your own wisdom, but fear and respect the Lord and stay away from evil. Profound wisdom. Profound wisdom. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, today I step behind this sacred pulpit again to preach and to minister to your wonderful, amazing people that are in person, that are streaming online. Those that would watch this in an archive format after I preached it, after March 20th, that they would feel the voice of God. I pray that there are no distractions here today, God, that we will sit quietly, respectfully, attentive in the Holy of Holies, leaning into your voice. Flow through me, God. Let the Spirit talk. I'm aware, I'm attentive, I'm ready. Minister to us in the name of Jesus. If you received the prayer, would you shout back amen? Amen, amen. amen. God bless you for standing. You may be seated. I read a while back about pessimists and optimists, and they said this was the definition here. Do you wake up saying, good morning, God, or good God, it's morning? (laughs) However you wake up will set the tone for your day. I'm simply going to preach to you from this subject this morning. Good morning, God. Good morning, God. I, I take part of my story here. I steal it from Pastor Nolan a few weeks ago. As he tells the story, you may... Remember, if you weren't here, please listen. But it says, our society is fascinated with lists and numbers. There's the Consumer Price Index, the AP College Football Poll, which gives way to the uh, the BCS ratings, the Forbes Wealthiest People list, and on and on. And then there's another list or poll that they call, surprisingly, the Misery Index. It takes all kinds of negative numbers, unemployment, education, inflation, pollution, and comes up with a way to describe just how miserable people are feeling. The misery index has reached a staggering 12.6, its highest position in 28 years. There's a lot of crazy, miserable people out there. So you've now got some scientific data to remind us all that things could be better. I say maybe something to validate your bad moods and your bad attitude, I suppose. But this is what I've realized. While happiness comes and goes in all kinds of factors, the joy in life comes from a different perspective. I think misery has more to do with our perspective than our jobs, our bank accounts, and the pollution. Those things are unimportant. But just as eternity things are very, very important. If we're not careful, we can get sidetracked with what's going on in society 
in the schools, in the news, overseas, in the political world. And it's not just the economic and it's not just the job market that matters. You know, my friend, people are hurting all over the place and really people are miserable in this current world. And maybe I'm preaching to some people this morning and, and you're streaming online and, and maybe you're a Christian and maybe you've been born again. You say, hey, you know what? I've been miserable too. Well, then you've come on the right Sunday. You've tuned in on the right Sunday. Pastor Nolan's research goes on to say generosity is one of those perspectives that alter things. When we focus on the needs of others, we become less selfish and happier. I think of the scripture where it says it's more more blessed to give than to receive. When you are thinking about things outside your situation, somehow God has a way of touching you. If you feel like you're not happy, just get around and try to make somebody else happy. If you feel like you haven't had a touch from God in a while, you get in the altar and pray for somebody and get your focus and get your attention off yourself and watch what God won't do. Why? Because I'm waking up every morning and saying, good morning, God. I got to make sure in my current state or maybe your personality or in the flesh, you're not saying, good God, it's morning. Wrong way to start the day. You're starting off with negative energy. I know that doesn't preach real good. You're starting off with negative thoughts. But I just want to challenge us as a church here. Hey, what if I wake up tomorrow morning and say, hey, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hey, why? Because God has spoken into this day, and he's made this day, and I'm a born-again believer, and my sins have been washed away, and I'm an apostolic Pentecostal, and I know what God has in store for me. So to that, I say, good morning. God when you think about God's goodness and God's grace in spite of our own mess ups and our own situations often our perspective changes the Bible is chucked full of wonderful words of affirmation and hope when it comes to despair and misery You see, what God did in the Old Testament, he does in the New Testament. What he did in the New Testament, he does in the 21st century, in the first apostolic church in the 21st century, which is you and I. And so it's as if God is speaking to us to say good morning back. It's as if God is speaking into your situation. When you lean into what God has to offer and you lean into the nuggets in the word of God, you realize that God is a great big God that, yes, cares for me and cares for my situation. And one writer said it this way, that he knows the number of hairs on your head and the sparrows that fall from the sky. If he knows this little bitty stuff, how much more does he know how I feel and where I'm at. So I'm going to make myself at times get up and say, good morning, God. This is a great day. You've made this day. I'm not going to pollute it with negative thoughts. I'm not going to pollute it with negative energy. I'm not going to pollute it with things from the world. I'm going to keep this day holy. And so God reinforces us in the word of God. This is a book of affirmation. It's a book of instructions. And once I've got the instructions on how to get saved and how to stay saved, then you know what? Honestly, there are times, my friend, I will validate it. You do need some affirmation. You do need God to pat you on the head or the back and say, hey, everything's going to be okay. I know the beginning from the ending. I'm the author and finisher. I'm the alpha and I'm the omega. But even though you think you're in a valley, I have zoomed out and I have opened the aperture of life and I realize what I have in store for you, all you got to do every morning is get up and say, good morning, God. And see what it opens up, the possibilities that God has for you in your life. 
His word is so reinforced in Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against thee in judgment shall thou condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, you and I. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Somebody hear me this morning. Please know that no weapon, no situation, no force, no plan, no scheme, no word, no social media post, nothing condescending, nothing degrading, nothing derogatory shall rise up against you. And this is the judgment of the Lord when you serve the Lord. What is he saying? Hey, I affirm you. I hear the voices. I see the social media posts. I hear what they're saying in the break room. I hear what's going on on the neighbors. I hear this. But if you stay faithful to me and And in spite of all of that, good morning, God. This is a great day. I just want to say I love you today. He says, I will rebuke the devourer. Oh, come on. Somebody say that's good preaching. Come on. Someone shout back. Good morning, God. It's chock full. And I just pull a few out of these nuggets out of my life. And I, I know all of us have these go-to scriptures that validate us at times and they become precious and they become powerful and they become holy. Why? Because in your darkest moments, maybe these were spoken into your life. Another one that I share with you from my life is Romans eight thirty-one. What shall we say to these things? I've had some situations in my life. What shall we say to these things? I don't know what to say. I just don't know. And if I say what I'm thinking, I don't think it's biblical. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Come on. I don't think the words would be in an English dictionary, what I'm thinking right now. What shall we say to these things? But the answer here, he asks you the question with the follow-up answer to the quiz. If God be for us. Come on, someone shout, if God. If God, God be for us. Who can be against us? He asked two questions in the same sentence. One is a question and one is an answer with a question. If God be for us, then I've got to understand, hey, there's a word of affirmation. I may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm not going to fear no evil. It's dark. It's clammy out. It's dismal out. I don't see the sun. But if God is on my side and if God has spoken into my life and if I'm walking after the spirit and not after the flesh, then hit. Come on. Good morning, God. Woo. Words of affirmation. In his book, The Five Love Languages. I'm not going to get all romantic on you today, and I'm not going to take you to the Song of Solomon, so settle down. But in the book, one of the five love languages is words of affirmation. And I think in God's infinite wisdom, he knows that humanity needs affirmation. So when I say good morning, God, how many times have you said good morning to someone and it wasn't really a good morning? We say it out of faith. We say it to hide behind. We say it to camouflage our moods, our situation. Go to work tomorrow and say, hey, good morning. Good morning to you. And then nothing else is said. But that's our natural response. I wonder what it would be like every morning if when you peel those covers back and your feet hit the floor, before I say anything, before I do anything, I want to say, good morning, God. 
before I head to the shower or the sink or the coffee, or the commute. Good morning, God. I want to acknowledge you. I want to realize that you are in my life. I don't know what today holds completely. I know what I'm up against. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I cannot start my day. I'm not talking to anybody else as a human being until I say, good morning, God. And those are words that are affirming back to God that I am acknowledging him. And he is in charge of this day. I'm not in charge. I'm getting stuff in real time. It's flying past me. I'm hearing it immediately. But God knows what's going to happen before it enters into my spirit and my heart and my mind. So if I'm going to acknowledge God, then God is going to walk with me every step of that day and of that week and of that month. And he's going to affirm one. Another one I pull from Proverbs 18, 24. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. How many of us have felt isolated before or all alone or nobody really cares or here's one for you, nobody really understands or here's one for you, nobody in this church really identifies with you and you don't belong here and all these words that are swirling through our head but in Proverbs he says, hey, there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. One other writer says, hey, he's as close as the mention of his name. What is he saying? Hey, no matter where you go, no matter how low you plummet, no matter how tall the mountaintop and elevation is, God is with you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you he's as close as the mention of his name and so if he's that close when i'm starting my day i'm saying good morning god this is a great day you've made this day and you've ordained this day in your pleasure and in my life romans 8 and 37 i extract from there in all these things we are more than conquerors what things that depends what you're going through tell me what you're going through And these words of affirmation can lay down upon any situation where you are in life, regardless of how much you know about God or how little you know about God. These words of affirmation can fit any situation. In these things, we are more than conquerors. In these things, we are more than conquerors. In what things? That is what you are going through. You lay that scripture on there. Hey, God, I want you to know that you said, and you said prophetically, and you are the same yesterday and today and forever. In these things, I'm more than a conqueror. I don't feel like one. I don't look like one. I don't think like one, but I don't even know what a conqueror is. But you said together we are more than conquerors. I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to retreat. I'm going to step back up and I'm going to look in the mirror and say, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I've been blood bought. I've been earmarked for ministry. Come on, somebody. Good morning, God. This is a great day. This is a great week. Why? Because God's handprint is upon it. And again, I'm preaching some of my own little nuggets. After 22 years of pastoring, I've had to lean into some of these. Psalms 118.24. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Sometimes, I'll be honest with you, my actions had to catch up with my voice. Brother Tony, this is the day the Lord hath made. Well, he didn't do a good job. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know what that is, Brother Foster? That's another affirmation. Say, hey, I made this day. If you'll rejoice, 
If you'll be glad in it, then you'll understand the dynamics of my spoken word. It will come together. Again, I see more than you. I know more than you. I know the beginning. I know the ending. If you'll just lean into me by faith, and this is the day the Lord hath made. I'm going to rejoice. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I like the second part actually more. No tongue that is formed against me shall prosper. People talk. People are cynical. People are mean. People are rude. People are condescending. Pe- Hello, somebody. And he says, hey, it's not going to prosper. Here's the thing. Watch this. Ooh. I, I, Psalm 73. Okay. David... Is having a bad time. The prosperity of the wicked is abounding. People, they don't even go to church. They have better cars. What are you doing? I'm going to church. What are you doing? Hey, we're going to the river for a week, man. We're going to go skiing and camping. Whoopee. Prosperity of the wicked. I'm living in a little apartment, and the wicked are living in mansions and palaces. And the Bible says in Psalm 73 that David got a little perplexed. And he began to think about this. And I'm reading between the lines a little bit, Pastor Manzano, but he wasn't doing good. Here's one for you. He was in a dark place. King David? Yeah. The one that said all these wonderful things in Psalms and pinned all these chapters? Yes. But he said, I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And I almost didn't make it. I didn't understand. I was getting upset. I'm faithful to God. And I come to the house of God, and I try to live holy. And everybody, Pastor Noel, is passing me up. It's kind of like, what's up with that? You ever thought that? I know you can't raise your hand, but just answer quietly to yourself. But you skip down a few verses in Psalm 73. And David said this. This is so profound. He says, I understood therein when I got into the sanctuary. Translation, when I got to church and I saw the glory of God and I felt the anointing of God and I saw the wonderful smiles on God's people, I understood what's going to happen to those people, even though they think they're prospering, even though they think they're moving forward, even though I think they're passing me, I understood their end when I got in the sanctuary. Now watch this, okay? I'm not a grammar guru, but I do know this. The word there was referring to them. T-H-E-I-R. Not T-H-E-R-E. Not there. But it talked about them. King James Version has the grammar that's talking about, I understood his end. I understood her end. I understood their, T-H-E-I-R end. And it wasn't just at the end of the road, but it was about them personally. But David said, here's what you got to take away from this. David said, I only understood that. And it became in focus, and my thoughts became balanced, and my life became balanced, and I leveled out. When I got in the sanctuary of God, when I went there on a Sunday morning, I was perplexed, I was confused, I was angry, I had a chip on my shoulder, I didn't think life was fair, I didn't think God cared about me, I haven't said good morning God, because it's never been a good 
morning, and I don't think God is even in my morning. And he said, until I got to the sanctuary, until I got up and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to church. I don't feel like it, but I know it's the right thing to do. Then God validated me in the house of God, and then I left saying, good day, God. Good morning, God. But it all happened in the house of God. Oh, someone put your hands together this morning. Give me an offering of praise. So to life, I say, my source comes from God. Not my surroundings and not the world I live in. You've seen this on social media before, but I thought it was applicable here. Good morning. This is God. I'll be handling all your problems. Your help is not needed. Enjoy your day. Now, I, I can't really do it like them, but picture yourself on the airlines and they come over the speaker. Good morning. This is God. I'll be handling all your problems. Your help is not needed. Enjoy your day. Just another social media reminder that God doesn't need your help. God's saying, hey, I went to Calvary. I conquered death. I conquered the grave. I know what I'm doing. I don't need you to get in there and mess it up. Just enjoy your day. What's my quote on social media? Today is a good day for a good day. Okay, I can do this. God doesn't need our help. But I think the takeaway here is all this comes in focus. All of this becomes somewhat tangible to the natural eye and the head. It's when I get to the house of God. Let me just pause and interrupt myself for a minute. Let me tell you, that's why you can't miss on Sundays. That's why you should not and would not miss on a community group because it just takes one song, it takes one message, it takes one prayer to get in the house of God and I can't get that intensity. I can't get that spiritual synergy by myself crying out. So I get to the house of God regardless of my feelings regardless of my moods, regardless of my situation, and understand if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, my name's not David, but my name is Tom. But I came to the house of the Lord, and things weren't right, and one day my heart got right with God, and everything got better, and now I'm telling God, good morning. As opposed to good God, it's morning. Ah, covers over the head. So I want to encourage someone today to start tomorrow. Good morning, God. And listen and see what God would say. I want to challenge you tomorrow that the first audible words from your voice is good morning, God. Even when you wake up, maybe you haven't even rolled out of bed. Before you talk to your spouse, a family member, before you answer a text, just say three little words to start your day. Good morning, God. And maybe you're speaking it by faith. Maybe you're believing by faith. Faith starts with me making the step 
And then God takes the next step. This is what I've learned in pastoring, that God will not do things that you can do. God will not do things that you are capable of doing. When I do my part, when I take my step of faith, that's the natural, that's me, that's you, that's the natural humanity. Then God's spirit segues in and it makes it the supernatural. God and I partner. So what's your assignment tomorrow? You just simply wake up the three words on your mind. Good morning, God. And start your day. I challenge you to see what God won't do. Could you stand with me this morning, please? According to the Bureau of Standards, a dense fog covering seven city blocks to the depth of 100 feet is composed of something less than one glass of water. So all the fog covering seven city blocks 100 feet deep were collected and held in a single drinking glass. It would not even feel it. And this could be compared to our worries. If we can see into the future and we can see into our problems and their light, they wouldn't even tend to bind us in this world. But instead, we could regulate their true size. And if all the things that most people worried about were reduced to the true size, you could probably put them into a single glass of drinking water. It's a well-established fact that as we get older, we worry less. With the passing of years and the problems of each one that they yield, we learn that most of our worries are not really worth bothering ourselves about. And because we realize we can't really solve all of those situations. Yet here's an estimate, according to the statistics of what most people worry about. Things that never happen... 40%. That is, 40% of the things that you worry and fret about will never occur anyway, according to their study. Things over the past that I can't be changed, that I worry about in this world, 30%. Needless worry about our health, 12%. Petty and miscellaneous worries, 10%. So their study concludes that real legitimate worries are 8%. Only 8% of worries are worth concerning yourself about. But here's the profound takeaway. If 8% of the worries are only worth concerning myself about, that means to tell me that 92% is pure fog with no substance at all. And I wonder how much of that 92% alters your faith in God. I wonder how much of that 92% that's just pure fog, seven city blocks, 100 feet deep, comprised and compressed into less than a glass of drinking water. Fog is real, fog is thick. Fog obscures your vision. But when it's compressed down, 
And the things that we worry about and fret about could be some fog. So pastor, how do you compress down my worry? Well, like David said, when I got into the sanctuary of God, when I got into the presence of Jehovah, when I stepped into the Holy of Holies, I realized, I understood, David said, I understood therein. And so the value of the house of God, the importance of the house of God, the worship with God's people is vital to the success in my walk with God. Okay, I validate you. They validate you. The Bureau of Statistics and Standards. But it's only 8%. 8%. But here's the thing that the Bureau doesn't say. I'm an apostolic believer. So how do I deal with the 8%? How do I work through the 8%? Yes, things happen. Bad news, you know, it rains on the just and unjust alike. But 8% of this I'm trying to work through. Why? Because the other 92%, I'm getting up in the morning and saying, good morning, God. This is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and I'm going to do my best to be glad. Because no weapon formed against me or tongue shall prosper today, God. I speak that into my day. I speak that into my Monday. And God, will you just help me figure out the 8%? That's all I need help doing. Because the other 92% is compressed down into less than a glass of water. I want to encourage you this morning. I want to be a voice of confirmation and affirmation to you wonderful people that I'm not mitigating or minimizing the fog. (laughs) No. Fog is real. I understand. But keep your heart and your spirit focused and affixed on the house of God and the things of God. And we go back a few years when I was a kid and we said, turn your eyes upon Jesus and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light in the light of God in the light of the Spirit in the light of my relationship I I just feel as a pastor that God is just loving somebody because you've been focused on the 92% God said, come on, let me help you. I'm going to order your steps. But lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways trust in me, and I will guide you. I will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Here. Let me guide you through the 92% fog. And that's where we say, God, thank you. I'm struggling. I'm worried. I'm fragile. My spiritual equilibrium, I don't even know which way is up and left. I don't even know what to do. 
The writer said in Ephesians chapter 6 that when you've done all you know to do, just, I don't know, man, I just got to stand still. Is there a cliff on the left or right, front and back? I don't know, man. There's too much fog. I'm not moving. I'm not leaving church. I don't have it figured out. I'm not jumping ship. I don't know what's in the water out there. No, I'm not taking no chances. Just sit still, baby. Okay. And God will take the 92% and compress it down to a little glass of water. I'm going to pray for us, and I want to open the altars. Our pastoral staff will come. And if you just need a hug from God, you need a word of affirmation and confirmation, I'm going to open the altars to you. Let us anoint you. Let us bless you. Let us stand with you in the 8% because the 92%, God's just going to vaporize it and we're going to refocus on the 8%. Heavenly Father, I speak to people today that the Spirit of God is upon me to preach to their life and speak into their situation, to validate them, God, that 8% is submitted to you, God. 8%, God, we put on the altar today. We leave it at the foot of Calvary. God, my heart is pure and right, and we see the prosperity of situations and people, but God, I'm going to be in the house of God, and I'm, I'm going to stay focused, God, and you're going to speak to my 92%, and God, together in the church, we're going to win, and we're going to fight through 8%. Why? Because you are the author and finisher of my faith. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.